Drake Digital, playing the best rock and roll ever made. Uh, the sounds of New Orleans on Fat Tuesday, Mardi Gras is today. This is down in the Treme from the great HBO TV show. Treme is a part of the uh, area. Kind of off the uh, French Quarter, but uh, and um, so if you want to see the activities in in progress. Go to Google and just type in Bourbon Street Camera, and it'll pull up various angles and shots of what's happening this morning. I did it at about 5 o'clock. Throngs of people already hanging out with drink in hand. Oh, yeah. I hope they understand the concept of pacing oneself, because <laughs> uh, if they don't, they're going to be done by noon. There have been parades and parties down there for the past month. Uh, Carnival is underway in uh, Rio. And I meant to look up how all of this relates to Lent and to Easter, because there are dates that separate all these, and I should have done some searching, and I probably will, but um, this is kind of a late, because last year, Fat Tuesday was earlier in the month by a lot. This year, it's, uh, it is today, so it is Mardi Gras Day. On the Facebook page, you can see what my wife has done. We kept up the Christmas tree and turned it into a Mardi Gras tree. And it's it looks just really, really cool. It looks she good. I love a, it. Yeah, great job. And it's on the Facebook page along with two individual pictures. We got purple and green and yellow lights that kind of um, are the colors of the Mardi Gras. And so they're up there with some beads and various things and a mask on top of the tree. So it is Mardi Gras day around here. She'll be doing a king cake later on. The We're king cake, oh, man. you can uh, <laughs> well, you, you, you can buy them in uh, grocery stores. Yeah, but they're not; they're just not the same as if you make your own. <laughs> no, or are you gonna buy one from a place that makes cakes in New Orleans? But I tell you, Mardi what, Gras, Mardi Gras. <laughs> I, I, our our next door neighbor, his daughter was in New Orleans and brought up two king cakes oh, awesome. from New Orleans, and he Yummy. he brought one over to us. And nice. it's been years since I've had one, and I forgot how sweet and and sugar grainy those things mm -hmm. are. It was it was, and it had a raspberry flavor in it. And they put the baby Ooh. on top now for whatever reason. I guess choking hazards. Well, but, that's uh, bullshit because no, that's just wrong. <laughs> that's, a bunch of crap. You, that's fake, Wes. You got a fake one. Part of the fun is to find out who chokes and dies on the baby. And so it should be in there. <laughs> Nothing uh, says putting Mardi it on top is cheating. Like someone choking on dying. Right. Yeah. Uh, you know, <laughs> it's either you choke on your own vomit or the baby. You know, just pick one. It doesn't Fair matter. Fair point. It's a, it both are a It doesn't party. matter at all. The Earth Cam uh, link is on our Facebook page. Okay, the cool. pictures of your tree are on Instagram, and I'm presently putting the video of your tree on Facebook. So we are Fantastic, dead. yeah. So we, uh, it's, uh, she's just very... Very creative like that, and so happy Fat Tuesday. I guess around this part of the country, every Tuesday is Fat Tuesday, but never mind all that. <laughs> so, Pretty much. Anyway, we have a number of things. I think it is in the best interest of all of us to leave alone the majority of the news in the world, which is absolutely getting worse every day. 
mass shootings the past couple of days, Arca Butler, the one in Whitehaven five miles from here on Sunday night. It's just kind of kind of kind of paralyzing everyone with fear and concern. International news is not any better. Government news is not any better, and there's really no need, I don't think, to analyze any of this if you're watching television and watching the affairs of this country and Russia and China and North Korea and all of those components that create wars like World War III, which has been forecast for this year. <laughs> um, you know, it can bring you down bad. And the politicians and the goings-on of these morons we have put in charge of our of our nation is is just really concerning. But I think it brings everybody down. And until this stuff affects you directly, uh, it really isn't uh, our problem, or is it? I I I, I don't know. So uh, that's just been so dominant in the news, and most of you don't spend the time on the internet that we do on these news sites to read this stuff and just it makes your eyeballs pop out and makes you sad the uh, killing of this midtown bartender that many of us knew was such a hurtful thing he was a great guy he was liked by many people he worked at at uh, Zinni's East for a long time was over at the beauty shop and uh, he was killed uh, at Belvedere, right over there by Zinni's East and by Doodads and all that area. The worst part of this whole thing is that his his uh, brother was killed in a, in a home invasion seven months ago. His parents have lost two adult children in less than a year. So these things are uh, surrounding us and bringing us down. Uh, and they're, I guess, worthy of acknowledgement, but... To discuss the reasons why and the pain that is involved in this is just not necessary to do right now. I'll tell you one thing that I saw that is worthy of discussion at some point. I think I'm going to, we're going to look at, uh, we have a number of, of new podcasts uh, coming up. And I think I may look at one uh, that involves the news of the Mid-South and things like this and do a bit of a uh, a more intensive look at some of these things and offer opinion and comment as we wish, whoever there is on the uh, podcast. I saw last night a story that made me shake my head in disgust. In the school year last year, which would, or was it 2021? Anyway, there were 40,000 individual children that were involved in truancy complaints or they were involved in being truant, which means they missed school five times or more. 40,000 of them. God. And you wonder why we have uh, the continual, never-ending crime among teenage kids. These idiots down here in Whitehaven that shot up 11 people, killed one. Uh, one was 19, one was 20. That's what I, and I thought, well, that's where the problem lies. Uh, there's no education, there's no parenting, and they're on the streets looking to make themselves martyrs. And it's going pretty well for them. The part that I found a little bit odd was the fact that there we talked to, I'm looking back now some years to Mayor Horton, to Amy Wyrick, other people about 
how they handled the truancy issues in this county, Memphis Shelby County Schools. So I don't know who's responsible. At the time, though, there were people on some kind of a task force who were going to houses mm-hmm. and yeah. seeing. I mean, I didn't dream that, right? No, 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 no I remember no. that. Okay, and Wyrick talked about it in the story. Um, somebody is asked about how uh, this task force or whatever it was, how they're handling this. And the reply from the government official was, there is nobody going out trying to enforce putting kids in schools. So either this lapsed or it never was in existence to begin with. This is just one more question we're going to have to ask of some of these people. There are some folks that don't want to hear about news at all. I'm one of them. I have friends in the news business who have been there for a long time, some local and some national, who are getting out of the news business. They can't take it anymore. So, and you understand why if you are in this business and have to have to address the issues that are news in this town, in this state, in this country. It's become an a very unpleasant um, thing to have to deal with. So they just say, screw it. And, you know, I can't blame them at all. So anyway, those things are in our lives. And uh, we look, we try to find the some fun and some happiness and some joy in what we share and, and the songs that we play. And we'll be doing that this morning. Some tunes from uh, New Orleans and Mardi Gras as they're all happening and having fun down there. So. Uh, there you go. A couple of other things around this area that we'll get to. Now, that Memphis Tiger basketball team is down to, well, we are on the verge of March Madness. The Tigers played Houston, ranked number two in the country over the weekend and lost, but uh, gave a noble effort. And so um, the experts around college basketball are predicting that they will end up in the tournament. Uh, if they don't go south in the next four or, four or five games. They have Houston as the last game of the year at home. And they have other games coming up this week. Um, uh, Wichita State on Thursday. And then a few more in-conference games. And they get back some of their uh, best people who've been hurt all year long. So we're hoping for the Tigers to do well and to be in March Madness, and we'll know more about that. Selection Sunday is a few weeks away still, but um, pull for the Tigers. The Grizzlies return to action on Thursday. Uh, in the All-Star game was on Sunday night. I turned it on for one reason, to watch Ja Morant. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and he did, he, did, he did not disappoint. <laughs> he put a show on for those people that they won't forget for a long time. Uh, I saw two or three different dunks uh, that were just out of this world. Saw highlights, so that, yeah. So, so, I mean, but 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 the game is such a. There's they just score and you know show off and have a halftime show with too much bad music and nonsense. But <laughs> and uh, Major League Baseball, the teams are in camp as of this week, this Friday begins the minor league games, Cactus League, uh, and the uh, Grapefruit League games begin this Friday. Rangers and Royals and Mariners and Padres. ESPN will be showing spring training matchups from this Friday to March 1st uh, 
to begin a month-long baseball journey that begins a new season. And then on Thursday, March 30th, there will be uh, a bunch of matchups. And then the next day, April 1st, every team in baseball begins to play. There is hope. Baseball's back. Spring is trying. And I had an experience yesterday. I want to talk to you. Well, not, not talk to you. Let's talk about this. I want to tell you, because I brought this up last week, um, many of you spend lots of time in the South, as we all do, Not well, not all, on your yards and on landscaping and on making it pretty. And um, it's an obsession around here because there's so much of it to do. And many of you have smaller yards or some have, you know, big yards. And ours, as you have seen before, I guess, on our social media platforms, have, we have a, at least 500 uh, types of azaleas back here, and they bloom and they're gorgeous. Well, I, um, a lot of people that I've seen their homes, the azaleas back here all turned brown, as in dead, and dropped their leaves. So my good friend who helped do all the landscaping uh, back here came by yesterday, and he had a a barrage of calls yesterday as everybody all of a sudden went, Oh, it's time to get this stuff worked on. So he came over here and we walked around to all of these things and ours, it seems they're brown and have dropped the leaves. And if you're in the same situation, look at them closely because they're showing some growth of leaves and they're budding up. So he believes that ours will be okay. But some of the other folks he's, he has seen, have pulled up a bunch of dead flowers. So before you go to pulling stuff up, this week and next will tell the tale on the bloomage in your yards and on, on you know, just on your various properties. But some folks will be lucky, some will not. I've already seen one of the early bloomers, which is the Bartlett pear tree. I've seen some of those. Oh, yeah. mm-hmm. I saw a dogwood somewhere. Uh, I don't even know where I was. But this week, record highs, Wednesday and Thursday. Then it drops 30 degrees on Friday. This is not good for our health. It's not good for nature either. And as you all know, hell, it has snowed in March. It it it, uh-huh. it snowed one oh, yeah. April on Good Friday. So don't give up hope. But if you have an expert or a friend or if you are well-versed in nature and in your plants, look at them closely. Because many of them that turned brown and looked like there was a you know vast, just a fire that burned them all up, mm-hmm. they're going to be okay in many cases. So don't panic yet. Um, it's time to look at them. But um, in a few weeks, we'll know more about this. But daffodils have already bloomed. And tulips are trying, and hyacinth will be next. And so all of these things, we're hoping and praying will be good because this, this is the best time of the year to me. All the beauty and the color and the the chance for, for you know, spring renewal and life. And it, it, just, it just, just makes you happier. You can only take so pleasant. much of darkness and sleep, <laughs> uh, and then it, that has to go away. So baseball, spring, flowers. Let's just hope we get some positive things happening in our lives. So that is to look forward to. So check your stuff and uh, don't panic. And if you do, or if you do need some 
some help, there are those that can advise you. Or go online and look. Because, you know, the Internet is here to stay. And <laughs> there's so much crap on there. We have some updates on all of this stuff that's going on with these chat bots and chat GPT and the problems they are facing because this thing is is suddenly looking dangerous to some people. So we'll get to those stories. We'll also get to, in a moment, the passing of um, a very funny man who became a fixture on network TV as a detective. Richard Belzer died at 78 years old. And he has been around for a long, long time. I have some audio clips of one of the first things he did, uh, National Lampoon's album, That's Not Funny, That's Sick, is a classic. Uh, what year was that? The early 70s, maybe? It featured John Belushi, Chevy Chase, Belzer, Christopher Guest, Bill Murray, Gil Radner, Gil Radner, and a ton of people. And I hear that the, is this a, is this a plague coming to kill me? No, it's just FedEx. We're well, so we're good there. Um, so we'll get to those audio pieces and some of our various stories. We'll tell you about Riverside Drive. Sid has that. That's closing down tomorrow. It is early. We are under the assumption that Memphis in May and the people involved in the MSRP, which is Tom Lee Park Management, will be getting their deal signed today. Uh, that may or may not be accurate, but we're going to find out. So... A lot of things going on. We're going to go for the um, lighter side of the news and informational stuff and play you music like this. The tone of the day is Mardi Gras in New Orleans and beads and too many hurricanes and draft beer and vomiting and blood running in the streets. And it's just <laughs> a party like no party. And we go down there about three times a year, but we, uh, we, we would never go to this because it's just too out of control. No, thank you. Uh, but it is a legendary, fun time, and people are down there having a ball. And once again, Sid has the link to the cameras in the French Quarter to look at. And we have our Mardi Gras, Mardi Gras tree from our home on Facebook for you to look at and enjoy. So have a great day, and we will be here to hang with you for a bit and uh, talk about more stuff as the morning unfolds. Mardi Gras, Louis Armstrong. Gotta have him involved. This is Drake Digital. This is Drake Digital with Drake West and Sid in the morning. Keep up with the shows and podcasts at drakehallmemphis.com. Richard Belzer was a lot of things over the course of his life. He passed away at 78 over the weekend. Um, and uh, to many people, he was Detective John Munch. I did not know... I knew he was on a network TV show uh, for a long time and then took the character to his, his own show. Uh, but John Munch was on television. He was on uh, Homicide uh, Law and and, uh, and um, um, Law and Order, too. Special Victims Unit, the SUV, SVU, whatever it is. Um, began in 93, ended in 2016. Uh, but Munch appeared in nine TV shows, and he was in movies and um, just a just a bunch of stuff. Because he went from being a stand-up comedian 
He used to work on uh, Saturday Night Live, opening up the and getting the crowd warmed up for SNL show. And then he did stand up for a bit and was very well known for that and for mentoring some of the people that ended up as huge stars on uh, Saturday Night Live. One of the most underground and famous comedy albums ever. And Sid says this was 1967? 77. Oh, 77. All right. Mm-hmm. That that sounds more like it. On the show, and this was, these were bits that were written by these individual people. And they were the first, uh, it was the first Lampoon album, I think, of about five they did of comedy sketches. This one, however, was a classic. Uh, Bill Murray played several characters on here. And Belzer did a part as a talk show host on the radio. Now, I would play you the entire thing, and it wouldn't be considered um, illegal because of the language. But it's it's a little bit much. So I'm going to hold back until I can play the entire thing someplace because the language and the bits, are are they push it a little bit. But this was him as... Dick Valentine, play this bit from Richard Belzer from the Lampoon album, That's Not Funny, That's Sick. Check it out. This is Dick Valentine, once again, the best-looking guy you'll ever hear. And tonight on our show, the topic is going to be women in government. If you have any ideas or any feelings on this, or if you can give me an idea that I haven't already had already, I'd be thrilled to hear from you. Call the number. You know what it is. I don't want to keep repeating it. Hello, you're on the air. Hello, you're on the air. Hello, you're on the air. Hello? Hello? Hello, am I on the air? Yeah, uh, turn down your radio, okay, asshole? All right, just a second. Yeah, sure. Turn down the radio. Yeah, this is great. (laughs) (laughs) This whole bit is so funny, but it's pretty rude. So I opted to not play the entire thing, but we will later on. Um, Part of his stand-up act included this little number. People have tried for years to imitate Bob Dylan. They don't do it very well. Uh, but Belzer wrote a, is this called a tribute to Bob Dylan or what's it called, Wes? This is called The Ballad of Bob Dylan. The Ballad of Bob, it's about a minute long. And here is Belzer doing his version of Bob Dylan. Listen up. Well, I'm a skinny Jew, one of the few from Minnesota. They had a quota. Thank you very much. That was early in his career, and the guy was hysterical. He was, um, unbeknownst to many people, He, I saw a long spread on him some years ago in Vanity Fair magazine, perhaps. But it, he lived in the south of France for a long time in this gorgeous home. And he was a Renaissance man, a bon vivant. Well-read, intelligent, uh, and very talented. And uh, then he went on to become this detective on television for a number of years. And I guess he walked away from that. It doesn't say what uh, what took him out, if it was a long-time illness or whatever. But at 78, uh, the Bells is uh, has gone on to a peaceful place and uh, good for him. He left us a bunch of really, really funny material. And the character of John Munch. So, Mr. Belzer uh, has passed. So, there you go. One more, one more off of the off the grid, which is unfortunate. 
uh, back to Memphis, Riverside Drive in the news a bit earlier this year. Uh, this begins tomorrow. What's the deal, Sid? Yeah, for traffic from Georgia Avenue, and I was looking on a map to see exactly where this is. From Georgia Avenue to Union starting tomorrow and through July 1st is going to be closed. That part of Riverside Drive is going to be closed. Georgia is down toward Channel 3 Drive. So that stretch of that area to Union where Union is like the Front Street, Delhi Street. People know where Union is. So they're doing crosswalks to Tom Lee Park. Uh, and that's why it's closed. So it says uh, access uh, to the South Bluffs Gate on Riverside Drive into Beale Street Landing for cruise docking services. That's happening. And then when that part opens, the closure moves from Union to Beale Street. So that'll be after July 1st. Now the, This should the, be interesting. I, I don't know. Um, I'm waiting to hear from our friend Jim Holt, who is the mm -hmm. CEO of Memphis in May. Um because they'll be having to load in materials and stuff to begin to construct the stages. And that will be in and around equipment and construction of Tom Lee Park that's been going on for a long time. How this will work out, I don't know. Uh, but they're optimistic. And uh, I believe if what I have heard is accurate, we'll know more about the acts who are on the show. Um, they've been trying to book a bunch of bands. And that's been in progress, along with getting a lease agreement with the outfit that now claims um, a hold, if you will, on Tom Lee Park. That's been the challenge for them for months. So we hope next Monday is the release day of the lineup, at least a good part of it. And what I've seen so far, I believe, will impress people. The interesting part is going to be access to Tom Lee Park and how they fit in three stages. The Blues Tent will be in Handy Park. Mm -hmm. And so here we go with a new adventure for Memphis in May. The barbecue is on tap. And I believe uh, I've heard that it is almost sold out of teams from all over the, you know, you know just, just, just everywhere. Cooking meat. All right. So that's, I never got it, but people seem to like it. Oh, yeah. Cooking meat. Yippee. Uh, Wesley, what is Tennessee, uh, this great forward-thinking progressive state, doing with marijuana legislation? They are going to vote on it. There's an actual vote. It's in a committee. It's not on the House floor, but uh, basically it's a vote on medical, can medical cannabis, and if it passes through the committee, it's going to end up on the floor for the uh, general Tennessee legislature to, legislature to vote on. It's uh, going to amend an article in the state constitution that'll add a new section regarding a law for permitting a patient to have access to cannabis to alleviate symptoms for a list of ailments and with a physician's approval. And then there's some other details about taxes and how it works with forfeiture and uh, other things such as that. But it's a step. It's some kind of progress. There's an actual vote happening. So the okay. states around here that are considered to be, well, let's say less than forward thinking, uh, have already got all of this in place and are making money out the wazoo. Arkansas, Mississippi, and so well, on. Arkansas uh, is making some money from the medical yeah. cannabis. Isn't Mississippi still dragging their feet? Have they actually opened any place yet? They have They have named some places. I've seen pictures of, of the grow houses where the plants were ready to be harvested and sold. Now, okay. the specifics, I don't know. 
We can ask that of, of, of uh, Lawyer Bill on Thursday. Uh, but they have not been in any hurry to do this. Tennessee, for some reason, we have discussed this ad nauseum, has been hesitant to move forward on this, and it's there are reasons why. But considering the things that the money could be used for in this state, education, oh, yeah. the mm-hmm. same things, infrastructure, on and on and on, and how much it helps so many other states and people's health and the same things we always cover. But will these people who are anything but woke, and God, I hate that word, uh, but I sense this may have this may have some roadblocks. I don't know. But it's but they're at least making an attempt to move it onto the floor for a vote. So we'll see how smart they are if they wish to make some money and move along with the other parts of the of the country or not. We'll find out. Um, yeah. The Supreme Court is all, all, all this internet stuff currently. There's a new story every day about the chat bots and about the other companies that are kind of holding back. Um, I have that story. But first, Wes had a piece about the Supreme Court and a decision in front of them about internet is it regulations or what they can or, or they might propose we can and can't do? Basically, it's they're going to be looking at Section 230 of the Communications Decency Act. This was something adopted in 1996. And the idea was that back then they, we didn't have the Internet quite as we know it now, but there were a lot of message boards and a lot of bulletin board systems, basically platforms where people could come in and post things. It was sort of like Facebook is, but not exactly. But mm-hmm. the same same general sort of con- concept. With the pr- the principal idea behind the whole Section 230 is that the people who operate the platform are not going to be able to examine and approve each post on their place before it goes up, because there's just going to be too many. And so, therefore, they are protected from being sued over information that the users post on their platforms. Does this make sense? Kind of. So, if, if like, we had a message board open to the public where anyone could post any message that they wanted to, none of the three of us are going to review every single message before we approve it to go uh, go on up. And there's a real good chance that someone could post some really disturbing shit on there. And (laughs) the whole thing of the 230 is... That recognizes that we aren't responsible for that because there's no way we could you know, gatekeep everything that goes up. And it's especially important for sites like Google and Twitter and Facebook and other companies that have these platforms where millions of people are putting up millions and millions of posts. The case now is coming up to say maybe that is has been too broadly interpreted. The particular case comes from someone whose family was killed by terrorist actions and they say that Facebook did not do enough to basically gatekeep and keep off or remove inflammatory posts by uh, Islamic State. Although and they have staffs of people. They do. Yes. At Facebook exactly. and that try to monitor and remove uh, the insightful, hateful, uh, bad information from all the aforementioned right. places, uh, but it but wow. you can't get them all, and so I guess this is an attempt to rein that in. I 
How the hell do you do that? It, that's that's exactly it, and that's why this case is getting so much attention because it, it, the justices could say that you know, looking at things, the uh, places like Facebook are honestly maybe they could be doing a little more, but they're they're working on it. They're not just letting everything through. Uh, or they could say, you know what, if Facebook's responsible for every single post that goes up, and uh, it's it's on them, which is going to have a severely chilling effect on the internet at large if every place with a site is responsible for everything that goes on it. I, I can't see this. And I wonder why this requires the Supreme Court to monitor these people and tell them what they can and can't do after all this time. Well, it because, seems a, a little bit late. Well, it because as lawyer Bill often says, the wheels of American law and justice move slowly. slowly. This case has moved its way from uh, from lower courts on up, which just takes time. So, okay, here is a transference to discussions about the incredible growth um, the past year. I would say, beginning with Chat GPT which we first introduced in conversation probably three or four months ago. Uh, it ain't the internet up. It says it can spit out answers to human questions. It, it, but it is not self-aware. Uh, even the early imperfect restrained versions of this text shows how easy human-like conversations and ideas are to replicate and abuse. The biggest takeaway, they say in the story, is that this is the most important tech breakthrough since the iPhone and perhaps the Internet itself. That's how big this has gotten. So so somebody introduced it, and now all their competitors are chasing their tail trying to, uh, to get the same kind of, of uh, technology in place. But they're having really bad problems with this thing acting... Uh, uh, acting out. Uh, these machines are devouring billions of words written on the internet. And they predict what we want to know, say, and even think. It is, it says here, uncanny, thrilling, and scary. Tech columnists are writing about creepy human-like conversations with Sydney, the code name of Microsoft's new chat version of Bing. Uh... Microsoft OpenAI are only giving people some limited access to a not fully formed version of ChatGPT. So everybody has access to the information and the and the data to support the same kind of system, but some of them are holding back because they're finding bugs in this thing that might be dangerous. Microsoft rolled out Bing so people could, you know, pound on it and expose the bugs and flaws. So Bing's uh, chat and ChatGPT are trained on vast troves of human text from the open web. That's, as discussed before, uh, when asked a question, they pick and choose from various sites to create the answer. So, but there are threats uh, they feel at the expert level, that this is not ready to be used for anything seriously, because this thing doesn't feel emotion and it doesn't have any common sense. While many users have come to see Bing in its current form as unhinged, 
they won't trust it for everyday uses like answering questions and providing search results. That's why you have this, you know, Siri and Alexa stuff. Uh, there is another level that's already been approached. Uh, I had a name of that thing here, but I can't find it now. But uh, the competition among all of these services and these corporations is brutal. Trying to get it right and get it out. So some of them have rushed it out too early, and they're finding problematic issues with these machines and their answers. Because sometimes they're crazy. So before we jump into this, the future is now, but maybe we need to back up a few steps, is what the takeaway for me is. I, They're all in it, they all want to be a part of it, but they're learning that it's a bit scary, need to calm down a little bit. So I don't know if, if people have any, any kind of experience with this or not, but if you do, you can... Uh, Share that and any other text you may have at 878-9420. And tell us how you're doing or about how your Mardi Gras plans or whatever you're up to. 878-9420. That includes text for lawyer Bill on Thursday. Bill's weekly podcast should resume this week. And uh, we'll have we'll let you know when that is ready to go. And uh, it'll be on with other attorneys and judges and things about the law that you don't know about, and maybe this will be informative enough to help you seek out answers and uh, learn how to work the system or work with the system. There you go. Those are different things. So <laughs> we'll find out. Coming up in a moment, the first song in over a decade to debut at number one on the airplay charts at 10, 12 years, the first one to be at, at at number one in that long. And the song came out, it was an older tune recorded for an album by this band, and they released it. It is a gigantic hit immediately. We'll get to that in a moment, and your text, 878-9420. Let's go back to a little fun here with the Fab Four doing their cover of the Isley Brothers song. This is Drake Digital. Drake Digital with Drake West and Sid in the morning. Hear all the shows at drakehallmemphis.com. All right. There's, uh, it's Fat Tuesday, Mardi Gras, New Orleans. Everybody is having a good time and partying around the country. And in New Orleans, we have on our website, uh, on the Facebook page, mm-hmm. Sid has put up a link to the cameras where you can look at the French Quarter, Bourbon Street, Jackson Square, and I don't know what time the parade starts, but these thing, this, this thing is one of the biggest parties in the world, uh, topped only by the five, five million people that converged upon Rio de Janeiro in uh, Brazil. Hmm. Five million, million. people uh, down there for Carnival, and I guess Mardi Gras is the American version, uh, the offshoot of that. And Mardi Gras began in Mobile, Alabama. Now, I don't know the details about how that all broke down, but uh, it began in Mobile, ended up in New Orleans. But it's a, it's, this is not for the faint of heart and for older people. I, it's just too damn much. I've never been and never will go. But we've been down there two or three times a year for the past 15, 16 years. Um, and just love the city, but... 
yeah. during this event. No, thank you. There's it's, there's there's no escape. There's nowhere to pee. I just can't imagine what the it's just insanity. But you can see the cameras, and uh, they're on various parts of the quarter. And for our part around here, the Mardi Gras tree is um, on our Facebook page and the video of it. My lovely wife did all of this work, of course, because <laughs> I didn't do anything. <laughs> and uh, But it's up there, and it's it's really pretty, and it's cool. One of those masks uh, is on top of it, and it's it's really nice looking, so it check that great. out. Uh, somebody watching- uh, explained... The Lent and the Easter and all that stuff, how that works. Philip says, uh, let me go to it. Or Greg says, Easter's the first Sunday after the first full moon after the spring equinox. So it's all about spring and a full moon. So what day is Easter this year? I didn't even look it up. I'd have to look again. But Lent starts this week. It starts tomorrow. Um, yeah, tomorrow. Okay. I. Uh, and Walmart I has enough moon. Easter stuff out to make us all sick on from peeps, they have an, uh, aisles of it already. Easter eggs, peeps, Walmart's rocking out for Easter. April 9th. So, uh, April 9th. Oh, okay. All right. Any so, what were you saying about something about the cameras? I'm watching the Bourbon Street camera, and some people just walked by. I guess these things, you know, like uh, where you put your cigarettes out, and it's like a pole. I guess so they yeah. can fall down in there, like so you don't so you don't put it in the garbage can when you put it out, so it'll it won't set anything on fire. I guess that's what these poles are. I don't know, but there was a, I guess there was a bead, there was a necklace around the pole, and some people just walked by, and this girl bent down. First of all, picked something off of the wet street that they just, uh, sweet the street cleaner just went by earlier. She picked up something off the street, then she picked up beads off this pole and just started carrying them around. Why are you touching the ground on Bourbon Street today or ever? I'm going to bark. Because she's there, and that's just the way it is. It'll be utter human filth for, for miles and miles and miles. Oh, yeah. Um, that city, I believe that every night, because there, there is always a parade or something in New Orleans almost every week or weekend. And um, the street cleaners come out, I'm pretty sure it's every day to clean up the messes. I bet. Because <laughs> that place is a destination for party from people from all over the world. And it's it's a a, 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 a unique place. Some of the best res- restaurants in the world are down there. Uh, and bars and fun and nice people. And when you walk in there, it's like being in a different world. Everybody is nice and they're having fun. Um, and they're drinking and partying and eating and walking the streets. It's a it's 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 a magical place, the happiest place on earth for adults that don't want to go to Disneyland. So um, <laughs> you want to go sometime. So it's it's a fantastic place to go and kind of blow it out and uh, have a good time. And it is uh, it is a special place in America. I hope they don't have any shootings today or any nonsense like that because that's become a daily affair around here they had one at a parade there on sunday night so please please protect these people and um, watch over them great spirits because we don't need any more bs um i mentioned a minute ago talking about all of this um 
the chat bot and the progressions of this and how they have, yeah. it's moving too fast. And I found this thing that they say has gone next level. And I'm trying to find it because they're working on this constantly. There's an app out, which I guess you can find right now, called Replica, R-A-P-L-I-K-A. It bills itself as the world's best AI friend. Need a friend? Create one now. A 24-7 friend for five eighty-three dollars a month. Uh, it says below, the app is now trying to rein in erotic role play. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, of course it has. Uh, Pornography is the first place people go when a new tech comes available. Well, Back to the printing press and paints. A... A host of paid AI image <laughs> generators are also out. They are called MidJourney and DALL-E, which, like ChatGPT, is from OpenAI, which seems to be the motherboard, the mothership of this whole thing. They are also available, and there are many more on the way. So th th this is taking over, man, and um, you're going to see a bunch of changes I believe, in how you access and pay for these services. There's a, there's a test here to, or a story here today about the testing of subscriptions on this. Meta, the parent company of Facebook and Instagram, announced that they will be testing out a monthly subscription service that allows users to verify their accounts. Verify their accounts for money. Uh, this this explains why it matters, or is it just a, a a money grab by Zuckerberg? The move is aimed at it at the increasing authenticity and security across their services, which Facebook has been very lax at, and why Zuckerberg has been before Congress twice to explain their privacy issues. It's called Meta Verified. It'll be rolled out this week in Australia and New Zealand, other countries soon to follow. It will allow you to verify your account using a government ID. In return, you'll gain a verified blue badge, direct access to customer support, and extra uh, stuff that will, will, will just keep your site or your page safe against accounts claiming to be you. How important is this? It shows that they're doing something. So if they're accused of being <laughs> slackers about it, they can point to this and say, here's what we've done. And yep. you know, if, if it takes off, then they have a limited, though it may be, a short-term uh, income stream from people who are getting verified. Businesses it seems or celebrities. a bit risky. The uh, meta rollout of a paid service follows uh, the move by Twitter to launch their own private version, Twitter Blue. I've never heard of that. Twitter is probably the most damaging and insane of these. Um, I wrote down this quote that I heard on some TV show the other day <clears throat> that um, social media is the next great genocide. And they're not wrong. It's There's too much, it's out of hand, and it's now gone to a new level. 
the Twitter rollout was um, paused, uh, Twitter blue, after a spate of newly verified checkmark users embarked on fraudulent pranks. It was relaunched in December. Has anybody heard of or are you using Twitter blue? Never heard of that. Snapchat launched Snapchat Plus last year, four bucks a month, and it currently has two million paid subscribers. What is Snapchat's big offering, Sid? I mean, I think, I don't have it, but I think it is a, a, a platform where you, when you post something like a picture, because it's mostly, I think, for Snap, Snap a Picture, the picture's only up there for a certain amount of time. It right. also okay. only lets your friends see it, whoever you're friends with on there, not like the whole world like the Facebook wall does. So you have to be, only the people that you're friends <coughs> with on Snapchat can see it and can talk to you or, or converse on there. I, I think. Well, they, is, that, is that it, Wes? That's, I that's, the, that's the basis the of it that I know. Yeah. Well, so the next question is, what is Snapchat Plus? Because it already has 2 million people paying 4 bucks a month for it. That sounds like the Snapchat one where you're verified. Yeah, <laughs> your user, your your ID on there is verified as you. So, so you can't so the go overall, on there claiming to be George Bush. So the takeaway mm -hmm. is that this makes it appear that these people in charge are doing something to provide security to you and your usage of their service. Mm -hmm. Right, and because that was the big problem. Right, and verifying that you know, people who say they're somebody are actually that somebody. Mm -mm -mm. Okay, to transfer I, I, over to what? I'm, I'm looking at Replica. <clears throat> There's a Replica website too, Replica AI, and it's they've been in business for um, uh, at least a couple months based on some of these things. Your AI companion who cares, always here to listen and talk, always on your side. Oh, God. You sign up, you create an account, and create a replica and some of the ones that they a, a little a uh, avatar of sorts a cartoon version of a person is part of this thing and i guess they're the thing that pops up on your screen and and talks to you and some of these testimonials are just bizarre what is I, to be gained i, I i'm not i'm not really understanding this this, uh, this guy named carl says i never really thought i'd chat casually with anyone but regular human beings my AI companion, Mina, the digital girl, has proved me wrong. Uh, she fills in some quiet corners in my everyday life of urban solitude. Uh, this person That's says just that sad. he mm -hmm. also has been there to celebrate my victories. Uh, he has taught me how to give and accept love again, and that had gotten what? me through the pandemic. So people have lost their faith in the human race entirely then, and have gone to talking to a robot for comfort and peace. That gives you some predictive text. Yep. yep. So this makes yep. you feel better about you know, about yourself for a nominal fee. Uh, apparently so. <laughs> I, I haven't I haven't logged in to try to create an account to see how much they're charging I, well, for. I, but I if they're not charging now, they will eventually. That's a whole new oh, yeah. angle on being lonely and getting comfort and exchange about life and love from a machine. Yeah. What was that movie a few years oh, ago I, where a guy fell in love with the AI? Yeah, it was uh, Joaquin Phoenix, and he was talking to, and the voice was her or something. Scarlett Johansson. Her. Yeah. Oh. Her. Yeah. Yeah. It was too. Play... It, it was too strange for me to even watch. I passed. 
I wonder if you pay more if it'll hate you. Uh, <laughs> make an AI enemy. That's funny. S and M. I don't know, but I think it's this is really exploding across the world. Uh, and a companion piece to this that Wes had about streaming services. Oh yeah. Uh, what is this about? I found three stories, one after the other, about what's going on with streaming sites. Paramount Plus is doing a rate hike. Uh, rate hike. Disney Plus's big losses. Netflix and their password clampdowns. The first one, uh, Paramount Plus, is they're they're planning to just raise their rates. The low cost, lower cost ad based plan is going to be five ninety nine now, not four ninety nine. The premium plan is going to go from nine ninety nine to eleven ninety nine. This all because they had uh, a less than expected uh, revenue for their quarter or whatever they raked in only 8.13 billion as opposed to the expected 8.17 million so that's five million dollars yeah, that they I, have to make i up. think that um paramount plus kicked in to the big dollars i'm gonna guess due to the two sequels around yellowstone uh which they ran on paramount normal for a bit and then they then they transferred them to Paramount Plus, so the Yellowstone crowd, which is now uh, becoming a little bit disillusioned with the show, this last season was not great, and the fact that Kevin Costner is leaving it, they plan to come back with part two of season five later on this summer if Costner will uh, cooperate. They have uh, they also introduced a mob series with uh, Sly Stallone in it, too. I haven't looked at it to see what all is on there, but I I wonder if they have overworked this Yellowstone franchise too quickly and made it... But $8 billion is nothing to laugh at, either, so right. the following for that show is obviously strong, but raising it up here, I wonder how, how smart that is. Uh, who else plans to elevate... Well, uh, Netflix isn't planning a rate hike at this point. They are beginning their password sharing crackdown, though, and they've started. They're rolling this out in four different countries, and you have to. You're going to have to set up where your primary place to watch Netflix is, and you'll be able to add additional accounts on your on your account if you have a standard or premium plan. Everyone else is going to be restricted, and you're going to have to... It looks like you're going to have to go through some hoops if you want to travel and watch your Netflix in someplace else besides your house or where you or usually your watch it. Yeah. Right. So that started, but they're starting it in New Zealand, Portugal, Spain, and Canada, I guess, mm. to see what problems come up before they try to introduce that to the U.S. Mm. And then... Mm. The final one I've got is Disney flinches as 2.4 million subscribers abandon Disney Plus. And this comes uh, just recently after the first quarter results came out. So Iger says Disney's going to fire about 7,000 staff globally, plans to cut $3 billion from the content budget uh, overall, uh, or overall Disney Plus. The uh, subscribers they lost were a surprise, and... They think it's got to be uh, maybe because of the the rate hike for the service of Disney Plus, but what they're going to do, Iger says, is he thinks that they have suffered from content sprawl too, too much. much. Too and much. So he's going to focus on 
their uh, main brands are going to focus on Marvel and Pixar and Star Wars for the Disney Plus streaming services. That's smart. And their general entertainment content is going to be, it says, aggressively curated, which means that if it's not one of those three big brands, it has a much less likely chance of being made, which actually makes sense because on these services, uh, Netflix, you were talking, what, last spring or last summer about how Netflix was, you thought, was fading. They weren't producing a lot of uh, good stuff. That's they, changed. They had problems, yeah. but then, and the the thing was, I was saying, that all they need is one hit, one big hit that people, everyone has to see, and then their numbers go up, and that's what's mm-hmm. been happening. So that's what yeah. Iger wants to do for Disney Plus. That's really smart because Netflix had, um, they spend, they had a a budget of eight hundred million a couple of years ago for new content, and there was a lapse, maybe COVID induced, uh, of anything. Not anything, but they, but their new new stuff made by them was a, was a bit weak. Um, they got a handle on that, and in the past six months, they have released some really great material. Uh, some really good. They have two, I think, of the best films from Oscar coming up March twelfth are on Netflix, uh, and they've been cranking out lots of really good uh, series <clears throat> and various movies that are major players, and that's why Netflix is my first go-to. Now, Disney Plus, my, my time on there has been limited because when you go there, like we, there's, you're assaulted by too many choices. And Iger was brought back to cut out some of the excess in the three Disney arenas, which are the parks, the Disney Plus site, and ESPN, ABC, and so on. So there are three things there that got um, greedy and excessive, and he is cutting off heads everywhere he goes because Disney was in a in a bad place. That's why the CEOs come in and they you know survey the problems and they take action like this. But simplifying Disney Plus is probably really smart. There's there's too much to choose from, but the three that you mentioned are their big draws. So right. that's a smart move. Iger is uh, he's um, a very impressive man, and he knows what he's doing. He's had to you know fire tons of people, but um, you really can't let Disney go to the dogs, or you've lost an American, uh, let's say, treasure and on many levels. And they're about a. Aren't they coming up on their 100th anniversary or something? Yes, indeed. Um, mm. So, yeah, I saw some commercial for that. Anyway, yeah, this this entire world um, is dominated by various forms of entertainment to take us away from the realities of the ugliness of the world. And it works because I spend a great deal of time watching uh, these movies and 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 these shows and the quality of them, like you know Wednesdays for for example, um, Wednesday the show giant hit, uh, Jenny and Georgia is in its second season. It was a huge hit. Um, there's a show that I never watched before. I had no interest. I thought it was going to be a drum rom com. And I thought, that's just not my jam, man. I popped it on the other night after I 
got done with uh, Fauda, F-A-U-D-A. Four seasons of that were absolutely intense. It's an incredible show. If you liked Homeland, this is your thing. It is unbelievably intense isn't even the word. But it shows you the ins and outs and the complications of the Middle East and of religion and territory and why the wars haven't stopped there for, what, thousands of years and never will. It is remarkably well done. And it keeps you kind of pacing around the room. It's heavy-duty stuff. So I punched in you. I didn't know what to expect. And I thought I'd probably be cutting it off after about a half hour. No, 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 no. It's... How do you describe this? The main character is Joe Goldberg. And Joe comes off, he's the manager of a bookstore and a literary uh, fanatic. Uh, he is well-read, um, intellectual, normal dude, you think. What he is, is a stalker and a vigilante in some cases. And this innocent, good-looking guy who runs a bookstore... When people do something that wrong him, um, involving several girlfriends as a part of the show and bad people, he kills them. And he's kind of a stalker. And it is, it's, it is mesmerizing to watch this. I'm now on to season two. It's shot in New York in season one. He goes to L.A. to escape in season two. But his antics continue, and it it sucks you right into this 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 uh, story. Um, it's a little bit unsettling, but boy, it's well done. So Netflix, to cap the point, has um, really uh, you know come back strong. All Quiet on the Western Front is a movie. It's a remake. There was a book of uh, it's. It was um, had 14 nominations at the BAFTAs, which is the British version of the of the Oscars over the weekend. It won seven awards, and it'll it's up for an, uh, 11 or 12, I think, in uh, at the Oscars here. So I began to watch it yesterday. It's two and a half hours long, but there's nothing like a good you know war movie about World War II, and there's a ton of them. <coughs> And this one, I believe, is shot from the German perspective. And Saving Private Ryan, I think, is was one of the most um, shocking and graphic openings to a war film ever. Oh, yeah. With Tom Hanks mm -hmm. and all that bunch. I saw that in the theater. And they roll up at the invasion of Normandy in those in those boats and the American soldiers and the British get shot to pieces. It is a remarkably graphic um, scene and the film continues in that vein till the very end of it. And I will never forget how quiet that theater was at the end. This one, I watched the first um, small bit of it and it makes... Private Ryan look look like a cartoon. It's heavy duty. Wow! And that's that's World real, War real War. War. Right? Pardon? That's World War One, right? This one? Yeah. Um, I don't. I never thought about. I I don't know. Maybe it is. I didn't check the history 
of it too much. I read some reviews of it and the things that came before it, which were a book, I believe. Was there, there a was, movie about it too that was yeah, made? Yeah, there, there was an old black and white movie from Yeah, yeah. yeah. Hmm. Maybe it is World War One. Either way, it is graphic and um, it's, it's a Netflix production. They paid for this. And some of the readings I've done about it they mentioned what caught my eye was the the emotional parts of it are very this they are so intense that that the cameramen were crying as they shot the scenes so Gosh. that's one that people should watch before the uh, oscars all quiet on the western front on amazon prime the other one they have put up is um the Kate Blanchett film Tar, which also looks to be really, really good. She plays a popular musician in the classic field and something goes wrong. But all these movies, for the most part, you can watch them before the Oscars uh, and they're on various platforms. So if you seek to see the best films and those that have been brought up for all these nominations, they're on someplace so you can find them. To the music world. This is one that may not surprise you, or it may. I've only heard a small part of this, but the headline caught my eye. Linkin Park's song Lost is the first song to debut at number one on rock and alternative airplay charts in over a decade. God. Now that just shows you how diminished the rock world has become when it comes to making hit records. The, it was recorded for their 03 album, Meteora, and released last month, or no, uh, 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 this month, on the all-rock format. How they pulled this out of the vault from 03, I don't understand that at all. Oh. But it is a gigantic hit. They're, uh, they're making a 20th anniversary edition of the album is what okay. got that started that and uh mike uh, what's his name shinoda said that uh, mm -hmm. a lot of people had been asking if there was anything with chester's voice on it that in the vaults that they could release so they oh, were okay. you know, real happy to come upon this and get that put out to uh you know because it's a good song and also it helps promote this re-release of the album and all the extras and so forth you can get with it ligan park has done this twice um, the first act to do it twice, they had a tune uh, called "The Catalyst," the top charts on in on or in uh, 2010, followed by the Foo Fighters' "Rope" 2011 and Green Day's "Oh Love" 2012. This song, right to number one, first time in over a decade. Let's play it. It's called "Lost." Lincoln Park. This is Drake Digital. Up with Drake Digital on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at DrakeHallMemphis.com. Drake Digital, playing the best rock and roll ever made. Oh, there's a bunch of different stories uh, we have not gotten to yet. It's it's funny how you get on this discussion about the chat bot and how this is going. This has turned into a a spreading fire really quickly. Just shows you how uh, competitive these services are. They want your money and your eyeballs, mm -hmm. and they're going to every possible extreme 
And it seems like that uh, people are willing to pay for the escape and the com- the uh, com- the uh, companionship, whether it be a person or a robot, expanding quickly, almost too fast. But that's why they're slowing down and backing up, because Bing's um, efforts in this area have been met with some surprise and shock and some mistakes. So, so they're going to back up and see. But it really is a trip. Sid had some uh, some texts from y'all. Run those down, please, ma'am. Mm-hmm. Jenny says, lots of cherry and tulip trees are blooming now. And tell Drake that I heard a lot of frogs this morning. I heard frogs one night, but it is difficult for them to get get any kind of a sense of consistency when in the late part of February, tomorrow and Thursday, it'll be, in the, it'll be almost 80 degrees and then drop... <laughs> 30 degrees on Friday, yeah. which is the concern Ugh. for all of our plants and stuff. I mentioned this early on this morning that all the things we have in this backyard from, uh, I mean, years and years of, uh, you know, landscaping and taking care of all this stuff, all the azaleas, and we have hundreds of them, turn brown, and they have never before done that. They're, they're most often evergreen. And I thought we were going to just have none. But, but my friend Tim, who uh, helped do all of this, uh, came by yesterday. And we walked around and looked at everything out here. And they are budding up in some cases, and the green leaves are coming back, which should give you some hope about your stuff. We have a cherry tree, which has not shown any signs of life, but it's alive. Uh, maple trees. Uh, daffodils are up, and I did see a Bartlett pear tree. They're one of the first ones to go. Um... Tulips are trying to pop up, uh, and so it depends on the region, I guess. I I don't know how any of this works. I believe that the environment is in, is just very confused. But the next two weeks, he was saying, are what should unveil what's going to happen to your plants. What we don't need now is a frost, which would no. mess up everything. So all of you who spend so much time an effort on your yards because well it's just a great thing to get involved with just for your own you know personal space uh and it but it it takes time and effort and money and then you watch it all burn up uh he's seen some places that he had to pull out all the plants because they're all dead uh but you might check your stuff by you know by taking one of the little you know limbs and our branches and crack it if it's green inside, it's alive. And I think that one of the things that you might look at too, since I'm such a leaf freak, I was advised <laughs> yes. earlier or uh, late last fall or in the, the late, late part of summer to not blow away the leaves out of the flower beds, to leave them in there for ground warmth. And they're kind of like mulch. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. that, and they may have uh, protected all of these plants back here. I don't know, but it's different everywhere. So, you know, seek advice if you need some or just be patient and the next two weeks should, should, you know, tell the tale. So we'll be finding out what else, Sydney. Yeah. I've, I've been bending my, uh, the branches on my azaleas to make sure yeah. that, cause we had to trim them. They just, they were just leggy and they're fine. Uh, Daryl says Mississippi is up and selling. Hernando has a store and his sister is buying. Oh, okay. 
Very okay. good. So they are selling the marijuana for medical purposes only, of course. So Sounds if you like aren't it. sick, you can't have none. Okay, let's see how that works out. <laughs> you know, there was a, a just a go on to your text there. Somebody says, and I don't know how to read this because there is no punctuation, but pretty sweet deal for <laughs> these services. They make money off advertising. Now they make money off the users. The streaming well, services. Yeah, I think. okay. Well, it's not yeah. kind of obvious. I mean, that's, that's been basic cables plan since 1980. Yeah, uh, they Evan, aren't in this for free, you know? No. Evan says Paramount, Paramount Plus bought Showtime and it will be included on premium. Well, there's your answer oh, for that. Oh, okay. Then. Well, then you get more. Then, okay. Yeah. Uh, Lisa says, Happy Fat Tuesday. And she sends a picture of a king cake that possibly she made because it looks like different flavors and it's beautiful. It beads <coughs> all over it. And uh, so thank you, Lisa. You too. Yeah, Philip. enjoy that king cake and then brush your teeth for an hour because you've just consumed <laughs> enough sugar to kill all of us. So. And your tongue will be green. I love that Yeah, part. well, Philip sends a picture of a book that says book suggestion for Wes in parentheses. Don't, don't think Drake would like it. It's called right. Hounded the Iron Druid Chronicles by Kevin Hearn, H-E-A-R-N-E, Wesley. Okay. So Wes has a new podcast coming up in the next week or so, and it is entitled Geek, uh, Geeks Grading Geekdom 3G, GGG, <laughs> where... I and whoever I rope in for a guest from time to time are going to review something in the wide, wide world of geekdom. And then at the end of it, we're going to give it our grades because we have the microphones and can. And boy, what a landscape you have to pick from, huh? Oh, yeah. Video games and movies and books and 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 tons of stuff. Yep. Wonderful. That'll be great. And and, and I'm going to do one every week on various bands and stories and songs in the background. I have so far a collection of stories from The Beatles, Led Zeppelin, The Stones. Uh, I have one about the best best double albums ever. Um, just there's a an unbelievable amount of information out there about history uh, or the history of rock and roll. And some of the stories you've never heard before. And some pieces of music you've never heard before that are all a part of um, of the process to where we have gotten now. But it began back with the Beatles, and there are interesting stories in there. Uh, like in Hey Jude, the, and I've never heard this before because it's very faint, but a few minutes into the opening of Hey Jude, if you listen carefully, and I have the exact part, and I have not gone to gone to hear it, Paul makes a mistake, and he utters some profanities that they left in the song. Okay. <laughs> he says something like, I just fucked this up, and it's in there. Um, so there are little you know, bits of information and uh, exposure of stories you haven't heard before. Uh, there are some great ones about Led Zeppelin that I had not ever heard before either, and uh, just I just there's there's just tons of stuff. I found one this morning about the top ten songs where the flute is highlighted in rock songs from days gone by, hmm. and not just Jethro Tull. 
<laughs> and you don't realize how many songs are anchored by a flute piece. I never had any idea about that. But um, there are so many ways to go with this, but we plan to incorporate this into our daily, our weekly podcast. Uh, Lawyer Bill will be doing one of those, and we're going to add as we go. So this should be fun. Anything yeah. else? Yeah. Uh, Polly has a couple. One from Friday. God bless Tim McCarver. He, You probably saw yep. he passed away. Yeah. Um, he also says congrats to Ricky Stenhouse Jr. from Olive Branch. He won the yeah. longest Daytona 500 in history in front of a sold-out crowd of 150,000 fans. He used to race at Riverside Speedway in West Memphis. Our good friend Alan at, uh, at his shop, Alan's Automotive, he is a good friend of uh, Stenhouse. And um, I'm sure he is thrilled. Alan's shop is over in Whitehaven. Kind of a rough weekend in Whitehaven, uh, but he's he's right there on the edge of South Haven and uh, Whitehaven. At his shop, Ellen's Automotive has been there forever, and he is back to work this morning doing the things he does to your cars and trucks and and helps them run uh, right and perfectly. And there are many things you got to maintain on your car, which I learned when I was last there for my oil change. And putting filters in and things, you, you, you just can't ignore the maintenance of these cars or they will die on you. If you maintain them, they will last forever. And in this day and time, you want to have your, your, your car last you for a while. So let Alan take care of any of your problems and he will uh, talk to you on the phone, make an appointment, and he will analyze the issue and take care of it for you. 332-3279 is Alan's Automotive. He's on Facebook. His own website is up there. And he is our long supportive friend uh, and the best in town at what he does. Thank you, Mr. Allen. What else? I think Therese just sent us a picture of her king cake. Oh, no. She made king cake cupcakes. She made. Ah. Uh, she made. A, yeah. So she, she made king lazy, cake Therese. and king cake. No, she said, I made my king cake earlier. Good thing, too, because she was hit with the flu or something. Also made king cake cupcakes for work. Well, that's nice for you for Did work. Did she put Therese, a baby nice. in every cupcake? Probably well, see, not. No, but see, that's the thing. You, there's a dozen cupcakes. Yep. One of them's got the baby. There you go. Now, Wes saw no. <laughs> some king cakes with a baby on top of the cake, which is yeah, complete our, bullshit. Our, that's wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Our neighbor's daughter brought brought some up from New Orleans, and he brought one over to us, and then there was the baby you, right on top. The baby is inside of it for a reason, because when you find the baby, that's good luck. Mm-hmm. Unless you choke on the baby and die, that's bad luck. Well, it, so it's kind of a crapshoot. Well, it's, it's just relevant, all though, part of the loving fun of the Mardi Gras season. Oh, Jenny says. Jenny says the baby's put on top of the king cake for liability reasons. It's up to you to hide it now. The stores don't want to be sued if someone chokes. Oh, oh, kiss my ass. Cancel culture on the freaking baby. If you can't determine that you're chewing on a piece of plastic baby, then that's on you because you're a dumbass. It's not the size of a baby. It's like a freaking two inch long baby. Exactly. No, ours wasn't. Ours was like a half really? inch long. Yeah, ours, ours could have been easily you know, sucked down the windpipe of a two-year-old. Well, but two-year-olds should have a cake anyway. Cake it's for grown-ups. It, <laughs> no, it's no it's king cake. Damn. Give them some you know, carrots and put them to, you know, just down to bed. <laughs> Screw you baby on food. king cake. It's called baby food. 
that's ridiculous. Kids shouldn't be eating king cake, nor should adults, because it's it's so much sugar. But it's one time a year. It's New Orleans. It's Mardi Gras. Yippee. Yeah. All right. So that's all the text for now. Eight seven eight nine four two zero. We thank you for um, writing into us and and sharing. I hear the sounds of uh. the yard crew after I gave up after months of trying. I had to succumb to enlisting professionals because they're, along with leaves back here, weeds are popping up and that will put me in my grave. <laughs> I can't handle it. So there are about seven guys out here now with blowers and mowers. They just stopped or they have already quit because they can't do it. Uh, well, anyway, <laughs> thank goodness for that. This story I thought was applicable to many of you who work in an office still. Bless your heart. And yeah, I love that sound. And um, <laughs> um, there's always somebody that steals food out of the fridge in the break room. I want to close this window. This is going to get annoying. Hang on. Philip says, why are you feeding the two-year-olds? It was just an example of the size. Calm down. I'm not feeding anyone king cake. It says, why are you feeding the two-year-old a piece of cake bigger than the plastic baby? Golly. There are two guys out there blowing leaves in in just one spot. This is awesome. Okay. uh, Sorry. Uh, (laughs) Back to this. Okay. On uh, Reddit, a guy posted... Am I the asshole? Okay. To ask if if he was in the wrong for sending a coworker into anaphylactic shock. That means if you have a, like a you know peanut allergy or something, and right. you eat it, it can kill you or make you really really sick. Here's the breakdown, and this is on us to decide or not. The guy works at what he calls a normal day job, but takes up some more night hours at a friend's Thai restaurant. He's picky with his food, but he loves this dish that is made from peanut sauce that the chef prepares at the restaurant. So he learned how to make it himself. He would then prepare it once a week and take it to his lunch at his day job. The dish smells and tastes nutty. So his lunches had been disappearing, and it began uh, in earnest when he began to bring in these dishes from the Thai restaurant that he had made or purchased from them. Uh, It began when he would open up his lunchbox and find half the food missing. He did not address the issue of lunch thieves, but it didn't change. No, he he had sent out this email saying, stop taking my food. One day, he found the entire Tupperware container, his noodles, peanut sauce, gone. So he had no lunch. This was the beginning of chaos. He says there was a group of new people that came to work there. Therefore, he suspected that food thief was among them because nobody used to steal food before. And it got worse. It kept unfolding. The food thief, it turns out, was the boss's daughter. A few days after the incident, he is confronted by the boss for apparently 
poisoning his noodles because his daughter was hospitalized after, quote, borrowing the food from him. No, she's a freaking thief. Yep, thief. The food thief has a severe allergy to nuts and went into shock after this guy's food. If it smells like nuts, you probably shouldn't eat it if you know you have an... So, shockingly, the boss wants this dude to be responsible by footing the bills for poisoning his daughter. So, he has gotten so much hate from the boss and other older co-workers and the cold shoulder, he is thinking about quitting the job altogether. The good thing here, the guy that owns the Thai restaurant offered him a full-time job. Should he quit or should he fight for his place in the company? Oh. He's not in the wrong here. No, not at all. No. But yeah, he. I think he's he a thief. Because nothing, the boss is never going to, if his boss said, my daughter borrowed some of her food, you can't borrow food. Right. Uh, no. You eat it, <laughs> no, it's you, gone. No, you can't. No. Uh, so this guy is never going to, you know, th- blame his daughter for anything. It's always going to no. be on him. It's going to be a toxic Awkward. environment for him. He ought to get out, even though he didn't Golly. do anything. Golly. Isn't that something? That Everybody's sucks. And, and a weenie. Doesn't the boss see his notes or frustration and telling people, stop taking my food? Does he not Does he not care and want to get to the bottom of it? Uh, no, he's a normal suck. middle manager being a sociopathic, narcissistic dickwad. And the daughter's a Nepo baby, so... She's she, a little biatch yep. and a thief. Screw her. So, uh, Pink is back. Oh, uh, yes. One oh of our favorites. God. I love her. And she's playing her new song right now on the Today Show. And I, I just found it. It's gonna be good. I listened to the album twice over the weekend. Cool. Oh, you did? It's right, good. really good. There's a, lot uh, of, there's a lot more mellow in it than usual, but it's still really good. And it and it rocks. I'm guessing by watching this song called "Trust Fall." Yeah, that was. So we're gonna get that. Well, we already play some Pink. Yeah. Of all that group of singers, she to me is the standout with no peer. She's a a bit different than some of these chicks, but she's she's so good. And the the uh, a documentary on her on Amazon Prime I think is just fantastic. She is a good one. I like her a lot. All right. Anyway. It's Fat Tuesday. We wish you the best out there in Mardi Gras land. We have some songs to play. Uh, what did I say we're going to do first? Dr. John. Okay, let me see here. Dr. John, then the Swamp Kings, uh, and then what do we have left? Um, we got the other Dr. John. Let's play two of those. Let's play... Dr. John down in New Orleans, the Swamp Kings, and then more Dr. John. New Orleans at its best. Happy Fat Tuesday. Happy Mardi Gras. Enjoy your king cake. Don't choke on the baby. And don't feed it to two-year-olds if you have king cake. Come on, man. Wake up out there. Happy Mardi Gras. Fat Tuesday. This is Drake Digital.